This time on episode 499 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we discuss the 2024 Disney Plus show Echo, season one, episode four, Taloa. I'm Doc. Issues from Capes on the Couch, a show that examines the mental health issues of comic book characters, part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other amazing geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Raised on X-Men, empowered by the Avengers, strengthened by the Defenders, webbed by Spider-Man, adopted by the Fantastic Four, and forged by S.H.I.E.L.D. Stand by for your Marvel debriefing. Now it's time for your Marvel debriefing. I'm Agent Michelle. I'm Agent Chris. And I'm producer of the show, Director SP. Welcome to the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Road to our 500th episode. This show is recorded on Saturday, February 17th, 2024, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast Oklahoma-wide. Come and join our live chat as we record. As Michelle said... We are covering Echo here. So what happened in the episode that we're covering today? Taloa. Maya finds herself at a crossroads as she faces the shadows of her past and contemplates her future. Chris, overall thoughts. Is Fisk really as bad as we think he is? This episode is the definition of tension. A lot of setup for the final episode. And... I'll say for my part, you can never relax when you have Fisk in the room. No, really. Never know. A little bit on predictability there. But we're not going to start talking about Fisk. We're going to start talking about the ancestor. Exactly. This time it's Taloa, who is Maya's mother, Tula's daughter. So she is the bridge between them. We find out when Tuola was giving birth, she actually saw the ancestors because it was a difficult birth, and we're told that she is a healer. I think out of all of the other ancestors, this one was definitely more personal to Maya because, well, it's her mother, right? But we kind of get the directness of where Maya is in the chain of the ancestors through this episode. And I think it really threw her off because she, she's been wanting to hate Chula just for abandoning her and getting rid of her and ruining her life, essentially. But then here's this connection through her mother, and that's going to be a hard one to get past. It is, and I think that's the direction of where they're going here in the relationship, but I'll say, even watching this episode, Chula bears a lot of the responsibility for what's happened over the last 20 years. She's the one who banished them from the town or the reservation. I'm not quite clear on exactly where they're living here, but she's the one who said, I don't want anything to do with it, and I can't bear even looking at you because you remind me too much of your mother, and it's like, you need to get over that, not Maya. You, Chula, need to get over that. And I think she's starting to see that in this episode. And Maya's still dealing with the pain that it caused her. 
again, generational pain, that conversation that they had, that was tense. The confrontation, trying to discuss again that bridge, Taloa, how, as you said, SP, you know, Chula just abandoned. And she kept saying, no, I abandoned your father. And Maya was like, well, my father told me that you're the one that destroyed the family. Who am I to believe? Everybody. Chula was the one who banished her father. It's only like 98% clear whether that was an automatic conclusion of Maya or not. But, you know, it pretty much was. So close enough if it's not. You go back to episode one, though, and you see them driving away. And Chula made no attempt whatsoever to tell Maya that she could stay or make any effort to get Maya to stay. Yeah, in fact, she holds Bonnie back because Bonnie wants to run. And Maya is like, well, can Bonnie come? And there's no movement either way because they're being torn apart. And this sort of stuff happens in real families. It's really sad. But to see it on the screen, especially with a close-knit community as they have there, I think it's really, really uh, impactful of the family relationships also in this episode we do get fisk i don't want to go too far without even mentioning him fisk is just larger than life in this episode maya saw him at the end of the previous episode but this is where stuff happens and it every every interaction that they have every way maya turns everything that happens it's like oh my gosh fisk is just you could tell he kind of in his own mind means right, but it's just so wrong. Every single interaction from forcing the contact in her eye to trying to give her the hammer to trying to say, Oh, it's okay. You've had your time here. It's time to come home now sort of thing and and be part of the gang again. It's just way, way manipulative. Like even Maya sees it at this point. But that's also kind of why my thought was wondering if he really is that bad. Because you see the flashback to where Maya was getting out of school trying to get some ice cream. And yes, he goes and kills the ice cream man, and that's horrible. But he did it because Maya was treated like crap. And, you know, that's kind of a loving thing. And he was trying to hide that from her. And he's been trying to be good and okay i can't do it anymore he's being once he gets past that point yeah it's all manipulation but at least the ice cream thing and the trying to hide it from her part you can see that as kind of an honestly trying to be good kind of thing and then everything else ruins it i don't think fisk needed to humble him like that right michelle no and not only that but fisk is guilty of What the ice cream guy was is not being willing to try to communicate with Maya in a way that is understanding of her because for Fisk, learn sign language? No, let's just have a dead interpreter and some technology instead. Hey, she was alive while she was interpreting. When she was going down the hall and I saw the plastic, I'm like, Okay, where is this exactly set in time? 
because his apartment was under construction the last time we saw Fisk, right? And so I was thinking, well, maybe it's construction. And then, you know, the two guys were there. I was like, oh, no. I should have seen this coming the second I saw the plastic, and I didn't. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that, the... So for the ice cream guy, I'll give him a little leeway because you might not know Maya and her ability to communicate, right? And he says, use your words because he's just in the hustle and bustle, probably dealing with a lot of kids as they're coming out of school. I'm just guessing. I mean, they didn't show a lot of kids. I don't know when this was filmed. I didn't know what kind of restrictions they had on set because of COVID or such. So that might've been a scene that would have been more impactful with a lot more kids around, but he might've not have known. And in that case, it's just Fisk showing up and, you know, threatening. And the guy would never do that again. Never with Fisk there just threatening. I don't think he needed to do that. And then Maya comes in and then, you know, kicks him too, because she's, frustrated herself and she's trying to get her frustrations out and fisk just lets her fisk is teaching her all the wrong lessons all the way around and maya's just eating it up yeah maya is maya actually grabs the bloody hand and when fisk says our language has always been violence in a way he's right that has been their language yeah unfortunately our co-agent today lauren can't be with us she did have a note in there in the show notes saying blood on a white suit is such a look i mean he's in the white suit right and he gets the ice cream guy's blood all over him and and that that sets a tone too where he's trying to get rid of the the coat before maya sees him and then she's right there so yeah although how you explain him being in the alley long enough for a suit to get to him is a whole different issue I'm sure she's had to wait in the car other times. Fisk is one of those guys who goes out and and does his thing, right? And then comes back and, let's go home. That actually kind of sounded like him, too. Maybe I could be a good Fisk impersonator. I don't want to. Okay. Let's talk about the contact a little bit because of the signing. Uh, It's kind of neat technology. And you would think in the Marvel Cinematic Universe at this point in time that technology would pretty much exist. We've seen uh, Tony Stark's glasses in Spider-Man. We've seen Stark tech all over the place. And now we have space stuff coming in with um, Captain Marvel and Guardians of the Galaxy. I can see this being a thing, which is pretty cool, actually. I mean, it does show that you're on well. If you're dealing with somebody that needs sign language to communicate you would think that you would take steps to learn along the way. Like Maya's entire family out in Oklahoma, they've learned to communicate with her. Fisk refuses to learn and just says, put this contact in. And well, he doesn't say that he forces it in her eyes. She doesn't have a clue of what's happening, but he wanted to be able to communicate with her before she did something stupid. I kind of see that it's still kind of, you need to, request permission before invading somebody's body. I don't care who you are. And that's exactly what happened here. I mean, maybe she's tried contacts before and like, she's got some allergy in her eye or something like that. He didn't check on that. He doesn't care. Fair, but it was cool technology and I would like to see it more in the world. 
whether it's through that or even television, like the Super Bowl was last weekend, right? And before the national anthem in America, the beautiful, they introduced the interpreters on the field before they introduced the singer, right? I thought that was pretty cool. I seem to recall it happening in previous years as well, but society is getting more and more inclusive on events. And that was a sign to me, not no pun intended, that it's getting better. At my work, we do have some hearing impaired individuals. And before we have any big group gathering, there is an interpreter that is brought into the room. So we even do that at my work, which is cool. Well, Maya basically says no, and Fisk gets mad. That's a way to sum up. She she doesn't want to go back to New York and be a killer. She doesn't want to be the queen pin. She kind of wants to be the queen pin, but she knows she shouldn't do it. It's It's a giant mess, really. It is. And even, I liked what she did. Uh, he brings this supposedly expensive wine, or at least recommended wine, at the beginning of the episode, and she just pours it out. And I think that's a smart move there. She doesn't know if she's going to be drugged. She doesn't want to have an impaired mind as she's dealing with it. I think that was the right move there to do that. And the note I have was never drink wine with your manipulative father. <laughs> that's, yeah. Now, there is something to be said about families that get together over the holidays and you, you know, some people just need alcohol to deal with the situation. I understand. But uh, in this particular case with Fisk in the room, I would not want to do that. I thought it was interesting that Henry took Maya to Chula. He was like, no, we need to figure this out because she was definitely having problems. He saw her having problems and like, okay, I know one person that might be able to help you, and he's the one who did it. And she goes along with it because she trusts Henry along the way. And I think this is the first time that we've seen Henry really on board. Because remember, at the last, at the end of the last episode, he was like, "I, I am now on board with you," and this is like his first gesture of "I'm going to help you." Well, she faints after seeing a vision, so it's a good thing that he was able to take her to Chula. The one person who can't explain what's going on. And I kind of got the idea that Maya and Chula were both sitting there waiting for the other person to act. And it was just never going to happen. So they needed Henry to be that third party to come from the outside and squish them together to have the conversation. And the ancestors played a part because Chula has a vision and then Echo Maya is having a vision as well. So the ancestors are just like, okay, you two need to talk. And at the end, Chula, we don't know what Chula's doing at the end, but we see her getting back to her fabric making. I don't know exactly what to call it, but she's, she's doing this. And you get the feeling that it's something for Maya. So we'll see what hands out with that. It's a super suit. I didn't want to say that, but. Where's my super suit? No kicks. All right. I have a question to ask you guys at the end of this. So Fisk, this is his first episode that he's in an entire episode. 
And as I've mentioned before, every time he's on the screen, you're like, I don't know what's going to happen here. Bad things happen. Every single scene. Whoever wrote this episode, and I forgot to look, whoever wrote this episode did an amazing job. There are other characters in TV and movies, but we're going to concentrate on TV. So linear TV streaming. Uh, what other characters, while they're on the screen, you just know bad things are going to happen every single time, right? And I'll give you some examples. Kai Wynn from Star Trek Deep Space Nine. If you've ever seen Deep Space Nine, Kai Wynn, you're like, ah, I love to hate her sort of thing. Kilgrave on Jessica Jones. We've covered her on this podcast. We've covered Kilgrave on this podcast. That's another one. If you're watching Doctor Who, The Master, you just know bad things are going to happen no matter how friendly the master is with the doctor you know in the end and if you go way back the cigarette smoking man on the x-files i've never watched it personally but i've heard so much about the cigarette smoking man on the x-files a cigarette man something like that and then on star trek the next generation you could say any carnation of the borg queen would be up there as well so that's some examples and chris i'm thinking you might have one or two up your sleeve. Well, the first one that came to mind is going the complete opposite end of the spectrum, but Eugene from Hey Arnold, he was a giant klutz and things would just fall apart around him. Okay. So you just know bad things are going to happen. All right. Yeah. So not necessarily evil, but yeah. Maybe like Urkel on, what was that Family show? Matters. Family Matters. Family matters. Yeah, kind of the same idea there, except Urkel had his moments where bad things didn't happen, and Eugene never has those moments. Mm. All right. But the other one I'm thinking of is, can't remember his name now, which is horrible, but the main Shinigami in Death Note. Okay. Because he's, he's going to be pushing light along to make him do bad things, or... You really should read it or watch it as long as you're watching an animated one because the live action one is garbage. Michelle, do you have any to bring to the conversation? Dr. Halsey from Halo. Okay. Fair. Yeah. Whether you played the game or seen the TV show, you're you're on it. She was the one in charge and I don't want to spoil in case you're watching season two, but if you watch the end of season one, you know, she's still out there. Even where she is now, she's causing trouble. Right. Well, we've just said a few. There are tons more out there. I would love to hear from our audience who you think is a delicious villain or in Chris's case, just everything falls apart when they show. I would love to hear what your reactions are to that. So get a hold of us. We're on our Discord server at gunnageek.com slash Discord, or you can give us a voicemail at 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. Now, next time, we're going to be doing the Echo finale on our 500th episode. I'm really looking forward to that. But before we get out of here, any final thoughts for the episode today, Michelle? This is when the path of healing begins. Chris? They seem to be building this up for a big crossover thing happening. And my bet is on Biscuits finding a blue hedgehog in the junkyard zone. 
Yeah, I went to Biscuits as well. The road to mechanical joy always runs through granted access to a junkyard and anything out there. You know, fun things are going to happen. But before we go, there's one last thing I want to talk about. I'm doing the one more thing. We got an (gasps) X-Men 97 trailer this week. How is it possible to make Magneto's hair even more fabulous? They did it. I like the upscaled animation, that's for sure. But still staying true to the original X-Men 92. The theme song. Yes. It's upscaled a little bit, but it's there, isn't it? It's still in it. it it's just, hey, let's re-record the hit song from our first album that came out 20 years ago kind of thing. So if you're just joining us and you have not seen X-Men 92 recently or never, go to Disney Plus and watch it. And then listen to our reviews, which we've done for the past year and a half. And get ready for March 20th. All right. Until next time, I'm Director SP. I'm Agent Michelle. And I'm Agent Chris. All right. See everybody later. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening. The intro music heard on this podcast is Great Marvels of the World by Lynn Publishing, found on Pond5.com. The outro music heard on this podcast is Cinematic Trailer by Ed Records, found on AudioJungle.net. Other transitional music on this podcast is found on Incompetech.com, AudioJungle.net, and Pond5.com. For more information about this podcast, please visit legendsofshield.com. Excelsior! Viewers, I still haven't watched the X-Men 97 trailer. So my reactions to it are, ah, it exists. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I can't get more into it because I'm kind of getting the cold that Kaylee picked up from the kid that she watches. And then you guys will just hear me die. Um, um, what? You're the foundation of the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I heard then you'll just hear me. Oh, um, yeah. I can't get. I couldn't get more emphatic with my app. The X-Men trailer exists. Oh, because I'm very snotty right now. Literally. I mean, normally every week it's figuratively, but this week it's literally. Yeah, it's. You guys hearing me? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. I switch back to the sure. That was, that was a horrendous week. My beloved microphone is no longer beloved. Oh no, what happened? Why well, I, I heard it after using this thing for six months. I was like, no! Finally heard what everybody else said. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> it didn't. It was bad. Steven and Bandrew were right. SP was wrong. So Chris has made his his statement clear on the trailer. He has not watched it. Probably does not want to be spoiled on it. It's also like two minutes long. I can watch it right now.
Yeah, go ahead. Why don't you do that? Get a raw reaction on the podcast. <laughs> uh oh. Dun dun dun. Uh oh. But it's the 20th of March that it comes out. Can you believe that? No. No, I thought it was going to be towards the end of the year. That was it's a surprise. It's so far away. It's three weeks. I know. And there are people scrambling right now trying to, oh, I got to watch the whole thing again. We kind of did that. We did it. This is going to be so exciting. We did the thing. I've been engrossed in watching Masters of the Air and Silo on Apple TV Plus, which, holy crap! We all missed out on Silo, man. That's some good stuff. I want to say more curse words there, but I did. We're not recording yet. It's okay. You're not recording. Apple TV Plus. If you guys don't have Apple TV Plus, I realize it's another $10.99 a month. It is so good. Every single show is so freaking good. Foundation, For All Mankind, Masters of the Air, Silo, Severance of, of what I've heard. Ted Lasso was just, just full of heart. Every single show is good that they put out there. Like, really good. And I've, I'm like, oh, Silo, I don't want to watch that. And I just turned it on because... I was on Apple TV Plus because I was watching Masters of the Air. And I was like, oh my gosh. So it's 10 episodes and I just ran through it uh, since we talked last. I just ran through it. I was like, oh my gosh. I thought there was two seasons out there. Second season comes out later this year. And I'm like, oh, the cliffhanger it ended on. I'm like, man, I want to know what happens. I'm telling you right now, Apple TV Plus is premium content. That is what HBO was back in the day now. They're knocking it out of the park. Every single series that is in there. It's, it's just really cool. I wish I, I'm, I'm like, I know exactly who I'm going to say. And then you were like, oh, let's limit it to TV. Oh, you, you could have done movie. I'm sorry. No, you said, you know, TV. I know. Oh, I'm sorry. Who were you going to say? Odin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <sighs> you just know. Valid. Valid. And it's so unfortunate. I mean, Anthony Hopkins playing Odin is like uh, the grandfather that you kind of want to have. But mm-hmm. you take a look at his roles, and they're so deliciously evil. Like, not just Thor. Fava beans. He's just, you know, when he shows up, Anthony Hopkins. I mean, if Anthony Hopkins walked in the room, I'd be like, uh, I gotta go. <laughs> He's probably a really nice guy, but I like, know. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2024.